Welcome to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne. It is Tuesday night. That means we are breaking down everything to do with baseball on Wednesday. It is a classic Wednesday scenario in DFS. We've got a four-game afternoon slate on DraftKings. We've got a 10-game featured MLB slate on DraftKings. That gets going past 7 p.m. Eastern time. We're also going to talk some best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook and, of course, prize picks. In fact, we will start with prize picks. want to remind you guys, if you head on over to prizepicks.com, use the promo code MMN, MLB, you can have your first deposit matched up to $100. So make sure you do that. Pause this video right now. Go do it. Come back and use these prize picks on Wednesday's slate. Okay, the first one, it's going to elicit a reaction. I understand that. But I like the under for Nick Castellanos' fantasy point prop on Wednesday. Yes, Nick Castellanos, who is... Arguably and statistically, probably the best hitter in the National League right now. So it's a tough pill to swallow, but what you should focus on, less the Nick Castellanos part of this equation and more the Joe Musgrove half of this equation, because Joe Musgrove has been fantastic so far this season. He's got a 2.22 ERA. Um, Specifically, Musgrove has had success shutting down opposing right-handed bats. Righties this season, off of Joe Musgrove, have just a 235 slugging percentage. That is microscopic. And they also have mustered just a 205 WOBA. That is one of the five lowest marks in all of baseball. So Musgrove has just absolutely dominated these right-on-right matchups. I know Castellanos is elite. But so is Joe Musgrove, especially in this split. So I will take the under six fantasy points for Nick Castellanos. Let's get positive now. Let's talk some some positivity, some overs. Xander Bogarts, over eight and a half fantasy points, is the other play I really like on prize picks. On Wednesday, the Boston Red Sox have scored so, so, so many runs against the Kansas City Royals the past week and a half. I think they're going to do it again on Wednesday, they have Mike Miner going to the mound. Mike Miner had had a really nice month of May. Unfortunately, June has not been so kind. So far in June, Mike Miner has a 6.03 ERA, and his strikeout rate, which was hovering around 27% in May, has dropped off to basically 17%. That's not what you want to see, especially against a Red Sox lineup that is as dangerous as this one is when you allow it to make contact, specifically Xander Bogarts, specifically at Fenway Park. I've been talking about this for like the last half decade, but Xander Bogarts is basically unstoppable at Fenway Park. He's always had incredible numbers at home. And this season, his numbers at home against left-handed pitching, they're particularly insane. Bogarts has a 340 isolated power and a 214 WRC plus when hitting against Southpaws in Boston. It, it's just an incredible split, and it's one that I think Bogarts can take advantage of again on Wednesday. So, Bogarts over 8.5 fantasy points, Castellanos under 6 fantasy points going up against Joe Musgrove. Okay, let's talk about this 10-game 
MLB slate that gets going at 7.05 p.m. Eastern time. And the first thing we have to talk about is it's not actually a 10-game slate. With the rainout between Cleveland and Detroit on Tuesday's slate, there's now going to be a doubleheader on Wednesday, which means game two of that doubleheader, which would have been a nine-inning game on Wednesday initially, is now going to be a seven-inning game. It is no longer on this slate. So we are down to nine games because of the weather. There's going to be more weather concerns on Wednesday, so keep an eye on that. We're a little far out for me to predict the future here, but I know enough to tell you you're going to have to keep an eye on some weather stuff. So factor that in to your equations as you're building your lineups on Wednesday afternoon. But let's start right at the top of the board because we have an interesting pitching dilemma. Uh, It's not really a dilemma, I guess. Both options are pretty good. But the two guys priced above $10,000 on this slate are Chris Bassett at $10,500 and Aaron Nola at $10,200. Now, I have said many a positive thing about Chris Bassett so far this season. I really like Chris Bassett. However, if you're looking at these two guys and one of them is $300 cheaper and has the higher ceiling... I think you have to go with Aaron Nola here. Again, I think Bassett has been phenomenal in 2021. However, as that has translated to fantasy, it it hasn't always been amazing, let's say. Uh, The the real-life results, great. However, in his last eight starts, Bassett has only exceeded 30 DraftKings points one time. Now, that's not that big an issue when you're hovering around $8,000, even as you're inching closer to $9,000. But Bassett at $10,500, you have to have that potential. Texas is a great matchup because Texas really can't hit and they strike out quite a bit. But if we're talking about great matchups, Nola also has one when it comes to the Miami Marlins. In fact, the Marlins sort of complement Nola in the perfect way. So Nola, I think, is going to be popular in general after his incredible, his historic performance in his last start against the Mets. Tons of strikeout upside in that game, and he's had good strikeout upside in three of his past four starts. For the season, at home, where he's pitching in this game, Nola has a 2.45 FIP and a 31.8% strikeout rate. So, already great. The thing you have to know about Aaron Nola is... He's great against righties. He's incredible against righties. The struggles come when he faces a lineup that has a lot of left-handed hitters, good left-handed hitters. So far this season, lefties have a 487 slugging percentage against Nola. That drops to 344 for right-handed batters. So, ideally, you want a lineup that is devoid of talented left-handed hitters. May I introduce you to the Miami Marlins? I know Jazz Chisholm is a good young player but his numbers have tapered off since early April. And this season, against right-handed pitching as left-handed hitters, the Marlins rank dead last in the National League in WOBA, in WRC+, and in isolated power. They just don't have scary left-handed bats, and that's how you beat Aaron Nola. So between that, between the fact that the Marlins just haven't scored many runs in general— as of late, between the the lack of ceiling, true ceiling for Chris Bassett, I think you have to go with Aaron Nola if you're deciding between these two guys at the top. Again, both are great pitchers, but I think Nola is the better fantasy pitcher on Wednesday. Uh, then we get to the mid-tier 
of pitching. Obviously, like Luis Garcia in a really nice spot against Baltimore. We've talked about him a lot too, but you're not going to want to pay up twice. You can, but you're not going to want to. So how far down this pitching list can you go? Unfortunately, there's not a lot of depth below $8,000, but there's a two-man tier. They're, they're linked for an obvious reason, but there's a two-man tier right above 8K, and it's Steven Matz and Max Freed. So Matz is a tough one. It's, it's a great matchup on paper against the Mariners. The Mariners have struggled immensely with left-handed pitching so far this season. Um, they, they are constantly put in a situation where they have to start four or five left-handed bats against a left-handed pitcher, which is never a good place to be. Um, however, even with their big strikeout upside, Matz is going to be on a pitch count. We haven't seen Steven Matz on the mound in almost three weeks now. Did have a side session, but hasn't had any rehab starts for the Blue Jays, so they're going to have to build him back up, and I don't think he's going to throw more than 75 pitches. And even at $8,100, even in a good matchup, I don't think I'm desperate enough where I'm going to take a 75-pitch effort from Steven Matz, especially when Max Freed is just $200 more. Uh, Max Freed got off to a terrible start this season. Uh, He actually was giving up tons of hard contact and tons of barrels his first couple starts of the season. He's been also dealing with some injuries, and the reason he was on the IL and missed his last start was a blister. So unlike Matt's, who we haven't seen in some time, Freed is still built up. He's going to be fine. He's going to be able to work under his normal circumstances, his normal workload on Wednesday against the Mets, and the Mets have also been struggling. They're not quite the Mariners, but Across the last 14 days, a 75 WRC plus and just a 123 isolated power. So still a pretty good matchup for Max Freed. This is the point I want to make about Freed, though. His last eight starts, he's been the guy you remember from 2020. 46 and two-thirds innings pitched, a 2.51 ERA. Opponents have mustered just a 260 WOBA. And the reason they've had such trouble getting extra base hits against Max Freed is he has been a soft contact savant in that eight start span. In fact, going back to the start of May, there have been 113 pitchers in baseball to throw at least 40 innings. Freed has the third lowest hard contact rate. Again, hard contact rate is what percentage of batted ball events are coming off the bat at at least 95 miles per hour. For Freed, it's only 28.6%, the third lowest mark among that 113 pitcher group. So he's been really good. The strikeout numbers have been pedestrian in that span. He's got about a 23% strikeout rate. It's not great. It's not terrible. But when guys are making contact, they're not making good contact. And that's very important to note. So I think Max Freed is a really nice value at $8,300. If we hear that everything in terms of his pitch count and stuff is given the all clear. And I don't see why that wouldn't be the case. He's only missed one start. Okay, let's talk about my favorite stacking opportunity on Wednesday. Obviously, the Blue Jays going up against Justice Sheffield. That's a great spot. The Astros going up against Matt Harvey. That's an obvious situation you're going to want to exploit. I wanted to talk about the White Sox going up against Bailey Ober. Uh, Ober's actually been a lot better than I think most people would have suspected, um, better than I, I had initially given him credit for. He's averaging over a strikeout per inning. His ERA is 4.64. His expected ERA is 4.22. He's been fine. However, 
he's been absolutely crushed by left-handed bats. Uh, he has faced 43 left-handed batters. They have combined for a 769 slugging percentage and a 529 Woba. So ridiculous numbers inside that split for Ober. And the interesting thing about the White Sox, as they are currently constructed, they have so many injuries that value bats are now having to be inserted into high-leverage lineup spots by Tony La Russa, which has created a situation where you can get the number two hitter in the White Sox lineup for three grand. So while it's not ideal that you can't get the all-star team the White Sox had intended to field in 2021, you can at least save some money. So obviously, if Yasmani Grandal, a switch hitter, is in the lineup at 4,800, he should be, and he's hitting very well so far in June. You're going to want to get him in there. Yuan Moncada is day-to-day. He didn't play on Tuesday, but it seems very minor. I think it was just a day off. They probably get him back in here. Moncada has always been better as a left-handed hitter, especially in terms of his power numbers. So at 4,700, he's really nice. Obviously, like Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson are also fine plays. But if you want to focus on the left-handed bats and really go after over splits, Brian Goodwin is kind of the guy I was talking about. He's got an 825 OPS so far this season. He's $3,000. He has consistently hit second in this lineup when they are facing a right-handed pitcher. That's just a premium batting order spot for next to no money. $3,000 is nothing. And then the other guy I wanted to single out, like Zach Collins, sure, he's a left-handed bat, whatever. I guess you could take a chance. But Gavin Sheets. Gavin Sheets made his MLB debut on Tuesday. He is priced at the minimum on Wednesday. He hit seventh in that game against the Twins. What can you really expect from like a middling level prospect who has no major league experience and is going to hit in the lower third of the batting order? Not a ton. That's understandable. However, Sheets has 70 grade raw power. And unlike a lot of the guys who have 70 grade raw power, he doesn't have a bunch of holes in his swing. In fact, in the minor leagues, he has never had a strikeout rate above 20% at any stop he has made. So if he can translate that even a little bit to the major league level, that's a lot of raw power and some contact skills, which is important. So I kind of like Sheets. It's hard not to like any left-handed bat at the minimum against Bailey Ober. I guess that's the point. So you can get all of the quality that the White Sox have in their lineup, and there's more than enough value to offset some of those expensive bats, which is why I really like the White Sox on on this slate. And, and look, the Twins also have a pretty bad bullpen. So it's not just Brady o- or Bailey Ober, excuse me, that you're stacking against. It's also this Minnesota Twins bullpen. Okay, before we get out of here, let's talk about some best bets, and let's keep going with that White Sox game. Uh, I understand the White Sox are just 4-7 and seven in their last 11 games. I understand they have a lot of injuries. But the fact they are only minus 135 favorites on the money line at home is is a little crazy. The Twins are on a nice little run. Granted, they, they can hit, but... Dylan Cease against Bailey Ober is a pretty lopsided pitching matchup. I don't expect Ober to pitch well. Cease has a 3.67 expected ERA for the season. Also, when he's pitching at home, he has a 1.63 ERA so far this season. He loves pitching in Chicago. He's going to get the chance to do that on Wednesday. I think he thrives. I think that line is too light. The other game I want to talk about, San Diego at Cincinnati. We're going back to this Musgrove start. 
Vladimir Gutierrez is making the start for Cincinnati. Not amazing. Not someone I necessarily, like, fear in terms of stacking the Padres or anything in that regard. However, he's been fine. He's been a perfectly fine major league arm in the six starts he has made. In fact, four of those six starts, he's allowed two earned runs or less to his opposition. I just think the over-under in this game is really high. Uh, To take the under of 10 runs is minus 120 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And that's where I'm leaning here. Again, I think Gutierrez is perfectly capable of having a quality start in this game. I understand that over the last 14 days, the Padres lead baseball in isolated power and WRC+. They've been tearing the cover off the baseball. However, Cincinnati's been struggling immensely in that same span of time. Uh, They have just a 120 isolated power and an 84 WRC+. In that span. And then you've got Joe Musgrove. Like, Joe Musgrove has a 2.22 ERA. Um, if Musgrove pulls his weight, Gutierrez can give up five earned runs. We're still not going to get to 10 runs in this contest. So I like the under in this one. I'm going to bet a little bit against this San Diego offense, but mostly I just think Joe Musgrove is a really good pitcher. And if he's involved in a game, the total probably shouldn't be double digits. So that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and I will catch you guys next time.